It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. For the love of Pete, it's something you might say when your car gets damaged, but that won't get you the help you need for your vehicle. As someone named Jake, what you should be saying is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. For help filing your claim 24-7, whether it's on the phone, online, or on the award-winning State Farm mobile app, however you choose. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. From the 12th floor, 50-pin place in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, the home of 1340 The Game and News Radio 1000 KTOK. Welcome to the Locked On Thunder podcast. I am your gracious and humble host, Eric G, saying thank you so much for making us a part of your day. Coming up on this episode of I've Got a Treat for You. Oh, I've Got a Treat for You. Yes. The entirety of Russell Westbrook's media scrum, or the entire media scrum that Russell Westbrook did after the Denver loss on Saturday. I say that tongue-in-cheek because Russell Westbrook made us wait two and a half hours to get the audio, so I'm going to play it for somebody, and then we're going to talk about not only Russell Westbrook, but the locker room after the Denver loss and what was the atmosphere like. And for me, um, I was a little caught off guard about the about the atmosphere of the Thunder locker room after that game. So we'll explain that coming up in segment one. Plus, we'll have an update on Hamadou Diallo as well as Terrence Ferguson. And the Thunder have been experimenting with that starting five. I'll tell you which starting five I like best. And Billy Donovan will talk with us about the starting five as well. In segment two... Some NSFW audio from Steven Adams, which is becoming a regular thing here at Locked on Thunder because Steven Adams just can't keep from using a few swear words during his post-game media scrum, so you'll get to hear that. Plus, Mike Malone, head coach of the Denver Nuggets, talked about Steven Adams, had some interesting things to say. We'll play that. And then in segment number three, we will wrap up the show hearing more from Mike Malone about the Oklahoma City Thunder, which is great because this is the pregame interview. And what I think is about what I think is great about listening to the pregame interview is did the Denver Nuggets accomplish everything they needed to accomplish in that game to win? Did they go by the plan that Mike Malone had laid out or did some funky things kind of happen along the way? So I just kind of like the retrospective of that. Plus, he has some very complimentary things to say about the Oklahoma City Thunder, as most opposing coaches do. 
but I think it's worth it hearing it from him. And an update on DeMarcus Cousins. When is he coming back to GSW? My name is Eric G. I work for 1340 The Game and News Radio 1000 KTOK here in Oklahoma City. I'm in my sixth season of covering the Oklahoma City Thunder. I also host another podcast called Locked On Sooners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, which you can find at LockedOnPodcast.com. And if you like what you hear here at Locked On Thunder, you can go to LockedOnThunder.com and check out all our archive podcasts, as well as video and audio from players and coaches. It's LockedOnThunder.com and LockedOnPodcast.com, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And we're very proud to be one of the few outlets that gives you daily content on the NBA. And I love talking Oklahoma City Thunder basketball, even after what happened on Saturday night with that embarrassing loss to the Denver Nuggets, which at no point during that 48 minutes that Oklahoma City played with Denver did I ever think the Thunder were going to make a comeback, even when they had it cut down to two possessions. And I think the Thunder had it cut down to a six-point Denver Nugget lead. I didn't feel that the Thunder were going to be able to overcome it. They just look sluggish. And there's very good reason why they look sluggish because that was their third game in four nights. It was their second of a back-to-back. And that's not an excuse because Denver had it even worse. Denver was on the second of a back-to-back and they had flown from Denver to play in Oklahoma City. They just didn't get it done. And Paul George had a crummy shooting night. Russell Westbrook had a crummy shooting night. Russell Westbrook reverted back to his old ways of jacking up ill-advised three. Steven Adams had problems on the defensive end. The bench wasn't very good. The only thing that was really, if you just look at the numbers, the only thing that was really good for the Thunder in that game versus Denver were points in the paint. They were about even. But, I mean, it was just as disastrous of an evening as you could have possibly imagined and after the game, the Thunder acted like it. I mean, this is the type of atmosphere that was in the Thunder locker room after the game was the type of atmosphere I expected after a playoff loss. Guys were taking it hard. And yes, we're going to focus on Russell Westbrook because Russell sat at his locker. He brooded. He wouldn't go get showered. He decided to go do a shooting session afterwards and keep us waiting for him to give us absolutely nothing. Russell gave us nothing more than what he usually gives us during any particular media session, but it wasn't just Russell Westbrook. Paul George, visibly upset about that game. Steven Adams, visibly upset. Um, Dennis Schroeder, you could just look around while we were standing around waiting for Russ, trying to figure out what was going on with him. You could look at all the other guys and realize they were pretty damn irritated with themselves for the way they played, and and they should have been. I mean, that was probably the worst performance that the Thunder have had all season long, for the exception of that game with the Kings, that, that, that first home game after they had lost to both the Clippers, or had they lost to the Clippers in Golden State. That Kings game was probably the worst up until that moment. And the Thunder did have opportunities to win. They just didn't get it done. And Russ decides that he's not going to talk to the media or he's going to make all of us wait. And he goes and does this shooting session, which I have no... Look, truth be told, I have no problem with because what else was I going to do on a Saturday night? Whether I had to wait or 
stay, it didn't matter to me. Now, for the guys writing, the guys that have to, to get some things in on deadline, that was a BS move. Have a little respect for those guys. Do, do your part because you know you're only going to have about two and a half minutes with us. Give them some quotes. Let them go write their stories. Get down the line and go do your sh- shooting session. Ha- have a little respect for these guys. And, and it, I've said this a million times with Russ. It wouldn't hurt you PR-wise to do that. Now, do the fans care? Probably not. And Russ is in rarefied air where he can treat us any way that he wants because at the end of his career or at the end of the season, the numbers are going to speak for himself. And he's not one of those guys you can be petty with. You pretty much have to vote him for every single award that's out there that he's up for because he just has the numbers to back it up. And look, it would be great to live that kind of life. I don't live that kind of life. Most people I know don't live that kind of life, but Russell Westbrook can. Here is Russell after his shooting session, after working out, giving us, well, not much, but it's definitely worth listening to, Russell Westbrook after the Denver game. Russ, just on both sides of the ball, what do you feel about this game, and would you guys think you could do it at a higher level? Oh, we just bring more effort, you know what I'm saying? I think I kind of walked into the game um, just to bring more effort on both sides of the ball. Thanks, Mark. Uh, you personally, obviously, you were just um, get some shots up. What did you think about your game and, and um, some areas that you can keep making strides forward? Oh, I'll look at the film and see um, and figure out how I can, you know, be better. Um, but each game when I lost, I forgot a, a way to, to, to make sure that um, my guys are ready to play and I come back and improve at, at some part of my game and, you know, read the game. So, Russell, this isn't the first time that you've um, had a post-game shooting session like this. What do these sessions do for you when you do this out there again? I'd rather not talk about it, honestly. I do a lot. Go ahead, Russell. No, go ahead, brother. Uh, but the way the game started out, you guys were moving the ball really well, getting a lot of good looks, didn't make a whole lot of them, just struggled with that. When they're not falling and you guys are sticking to those principles, is it hard not to start to try to force it a little bit and, and kind of um, kickstart your team? Nah, you don't force it. You just you miss shots that you usually make. It's fine. We made them the other night. Tonight we didn't make them. Um, but for us, we still got to defend. So, like I said, we don't, we're not a team that lean on our offense. And it's the reason why we're – number one defensive team in the league because we defend at a high level and we lean on our defense every night. So regardless of missing make shots, that's a part of basketball. It's going to be nice to make shots. You may miss them, but we got to defend. Without having seen it from you, do you have a sense of just what kind of shots? You took 12 threes. Do you have any sense of how good or bad those shots were? Uh, what did I just say? Russ down 25, having just won 12 out of 14. Right. You could have just folded it in and, and stared this one you know, down. But what, what was happening on the sideline and the bench? To yeah, make I thought sure we did a good job in the second half of just sticking with our principles and sticking with the game plan and a lot more physical defending at a high level, just a little too late. Um, sometimes it would be like that, but uh, we'll be ready to go. Uh, Wednesday, I think that's what we play. So. And that was it. That was all of Russell Westbrook's media scrum after making everybody wait for uh, two and a half hours after the game was over. And I I don't know what Russ gets out of that other than he just felt the urgency that he needed to go shoot. 
And I can get it. Um, after a game like that, where you know you're going to get ripped by a lot of people, you don't want to talk to the media. It's just, you have to understand that's part of your job. You know that's part of your job. It's part of our job. And we know what kind of mood you're going to be in. So it's not easy for us either. But I think more importantly, when it comes to Russell Westbrook, yeah, I mean, he's a fiery, competitive kind of guy. But I would like to know what those after-game shooting sessions do for him. Do they calm him? Do they relax him? Do they give him more confidence? Do they reset his mindset? And the thing with Russ, like so many other guys on this team, he's a fascinating dude. And I think he's got a lot to say. I just wish he would say it at times. But enough about Russell Westbrook. Let's talk about Hamadou Diallo and Terrence Ferguson. Neither one of them are practicing right now, which means Billy Donovan still gets the opportunity to experiment with his starting five throwing uh, TLC out there on Saturday and then starting Dennis Schroeder on Friday, which I love that starting lineup. I like having Russ and Schroeder on the court at the same time. The only thing I don't like about that lineup is it limits who you're bringing off the bench now when you've got a little bit of a depleted roster. But Billy Donovan gets the opportunity now to really throw guys out there. And for the Thunder, it's you've got some, some patchwork you're going to have to do for these next few games in order to make sure that you can kind of keep your head above water. And you're going to need great performances from Deontay Burton when he's up there and gets the opportunity to play, which remember, he can only spend 45 days in the NBA, and that's 45 days total. It's not 45 games. It's 45 days total, including practice, because he's on that two-way contract. And yes, the Thunder do have a roster spot open but it's an expensive roster spot, so if they're going to put him on, that's going to be after a very long discussion and after he's shown more consistency. You're going to need to get more out of Alex Sabrinas at this time. And is it going to be TLC? Is he going to be starting when the Cavs roll into town? Are you going to start Dennis Schroeder? Billy Donovan talks about the starting five and just kind of the freedom that he has with it. Um... I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, obviously the minutes didn't, didn't work out uh, tonight. The, the way you kind of go in, you know, right? you always have a plan. You got to change the plan. Um, I thought it was going to be important coming out of the back-to-back, going into this back-to-back, that uh, you know that we kind of we, we needed to utilize our bench more. You know, and I, and I thought Dennis coming off the bench could give us maybe the second unit a little bit of pop and energy. And I thought Tim, you know, finding ways to get he and Alex and Burton, you know, a few more minutes. That first unit closed the third quarter really, really well. You got it close and kept pulling to start the fourth. So you know, rotations were a little bit different, you know, to start the fourth quarter. But I think it was more to kind of inject that second unit because put the second unit against Charles struggled a little bit. Put a playmaker out there. Um, maybe Tim could find some shots in that. For, I was kind of excited because I think he knocked down his first three, you know, and maybe we get going and we could find him for some shots. And then maybe Dennis come off the bench and kind of create a little bit for us. That's like really all it was, was just trying to figure out the best way to get that second unit going a little bit. And having did a shooter on that second unit, that's probably no better way of getting them going than than having Dennis Schroeder come off the bench and not be a part of your starting five. It's just it's I, something about Schroeder in that starting five I just absolutely love and we had contemplated it here on this podcast at the beginning of the year, but ultimately Billy Donovan probably feels more comfortable with him coming off the bench. And I just guessing here, because he's already kind of faked me out once, I'm guessing that uh, TLC 
gets to start these next few games while you're still waiting for Terrence Ferguson and Hamadou Diallo to get back. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I'm Eric G. Coming up in the next segment, we'll hear from Steven Adams, some NSFW audio, so keep it here on the Locked on Thunder podcast. We have another episode of Locked On Sooners out. You can find that at LockedOnPodcast.com and Apple iTunes, Google Stitcher, Alexa, and uh, where else? Uh, Spotify. Don't want to leave out Spotify because there's several places to get all our Locked On Podcasts. That's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So I mentioned earlier, it was a very devastated Oklahoma City Thunder locker room after the loss to Denver on Saturday, and no, there were just there were no exceptions to who was feeling it. I mean, even a guy like Raven Felton, you could just tell he was disgusted with the way that the team played on Saturday. The good news is, is that the Thunder get some time off, some well-deserved time off after going out to the West Coast for three games, playing three and four nights. You got a back-to-back. Now you get the opportunity to push the reset button and get relaxed as you get ready for the Cleveland Cavaliers, a, a game that you should win, and then the Atlanta Hawks on Friday, another game you should win. And, and even when as bad as the Thunder played on Saturday and Denver moving ahead of them in the standings, Denver's only a half game ahead of Oklahoma City right now with so much season left to play that it, it, it's not even worth worrying about. Steven Adams it just... Pretty out of character on Saturday. You just didn't see the defense from him that you've seen all year long. And that was by far and away the worst game that he's played all all season. But he has been the Thunder's most consistent player. And you could tell that bothered him. And Adams let us know how much it bothered him during the post-game press conference. How did you guys how did you guys maintain the, the energy the mental stamina to make a push down in the fourth quarter and oh, okay. not, not just fold? Oh, um, you can't just fold. I mean, we're not the kind of team, you know, especially with our leaders, mate, they, they weren't allowed. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it's just one of the things, mate. Obviously, we're going to keep playing. Um, yeah, I, think, I think we made some pretty good plays in the end um, to give us a pretty good opportunity. But, yeah. What did you notice about the, the difference in the defensive rebounding in the first half versus the second half? I think one more. Um, once we started to get them taking a lot more tough shots, and then I guess forcing them to cut a bit more, you know, they were getting a lot of rebounds from them, just constantly rotating, similar to, similar to sack, yeah. constantly move stuff to like figure out boxes and stuff like that. So yeah, I think I think that was probably one of the contributors. Yeah, probably. Mm. The level that you guys have played at to win 12 or 14. Um, that's a hard level to maintain. This was three games in four nights. Did, I mean, do you step back from it and think that played a role at all in getting off to a difficult start? What was the first question? Do you think playing three games in four nights and yeah. maybe being due for not a great game you know, played a role in getting off to a difficult start? Uh, no. <laughs> Fair enough. Stephen, there was such a sharp contrast for you finishing at the rim in the first half versus the second. What do you attribute that to? Uh, I was just shit, honestly. <laughs> I know, honestly, like there's no real complicated thing about it. Like, I was trying to finish. Yeah, it felt good, but yeah, it was just late. I was just shit. And then second half, I was, I guess, more aggressive. I guess you could say I was still trying to do the right same thing, but 
yeah, they're going in, so, yeah, just not shit. Mm. To the extent that uh, Denver did anything to bother you guys, what were they doing? To bother us? Yeah, to just make it hard on you, make the finishing a little tougher. Yeah, um, I mean, I don't look at film, but I guess from they're like loading the uh, the paint a lot. Um, you know, they one of these teams. They have pretty good length. You know, so any of those. But like, it's one of those things, man. Where uh, I think I think we just beat ourselves, sort of thing. More so, because yeah. um, it wasn't anything like crazy special scheme wise that they were doing, rotation wise, little standard you know, stuff that we've seen before. Sure. Even with Adams having a crummy first half, dude still ended up 12 and 14 and 6 of 15 on the night or 12 and 4. Yeah, 12 points, 14 rebounds, eh, 6 of 15 from the night. Um, I, I thought he was much worse on the defensive end than he was the offensive end. And still, the Oklahoma City Thunder absolutely love that guy. And Mike Malone, who, the unfortunate thing for Steven Adams is right now outside of the NBA and people who watch the NBA every night, he's not as known as he deserves to be. And that's something that Mike Malone was certainly cognizant of coming into Saturday's game with Oklahoma City. I get the question all the time, is Steven Adams uh, a forgotten man? Uh, in Oklahoma City, and if you ask 29 opposing coaches, they'd all say no. Uh, the impact he has with his screening, uh, with his rebounding, uh, his improved post-play, and now you add you know, the ability to facilitate when you have guys like Paul George and Russell Westbrook around you and other hard-playing and hard-cutting guys, uh, it's just another asset that you have as a coach. And uh, Billy does a great job with his team. And uh, you know he knows how to use his guys in the best way possible. But a uh, big, big fan of Stephen and the way he plays the game and his approach every night. I think the only people who are not big fans of Stephen Adams are the guys that have to play against him night in, night out because of just how physically tough he is in the paint. And when he gets back to doing that against Cleveland and Atlanta, we'll see exactly what this guy is worth. This is the Locked On Thunder podcast. Coming up next. We'll hear more from Mike Malone as he breaks down the Oklahoma City Thunder overall. And did Denver ultimately do what they needed to do to win that game? Well, the answer is yes, but did it follow Mike Malone's game plan? You'll find out next. We're proud to be one of the only outlets bringing you daily NBA content. We are the Locked On Thunder Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All the Locked On Podcasts are available at LockedOnPodcast.com. Also, Apple iTunes, Google, Stitcher, Alexa, and Spotify. The Oklahoma City Thunder's next game is against the Cleveland Cavaliers. That's on Wednesday night at the peak. We hope to see you out there. The Thunder right now recovering, and despite the loss, still one of the most respected teams in the NBA. And you're looking at a team right now who's 12 and seven on the year, which is probably record-wise not where they we where we thought they'd be, but they overcame that 0 and 4 start. And pretty much since that time, they've played really well. They've had to overcome a ton of injuries, and for the most part, they're a team that opposing coaches have a tough time preparing for. One of those guys is Mike Malone. Here is Mike Malone prior to the game on the Oklahoma City Thunder. And just listen to what he has to say about how you go about beating the Thunder if you're the Denver Nuggets 
And then when he's done, we'll see if they checked all the boxes. Uh, they're really hard to prepare for because a lot of this stuff does not come down to game plan. Uh, what I mean by that is, um, you know, this morning we met as a team, we watched film, we covered personnel, walked through their plays, and at the end I said, fellas, if all that, you take all that, if we don't take care of the ball and we don't rebound, it doesn't matter. Uh, obviously they're number one in the NBA in scoring 22 points tonight off of turnovers they force. Uh, they have a great defensive team. Uh, and then when the shot goes up, they're the number one offensive rebound team in the league. 40 points a night in those two areas. So uh, you can talk about trying to keep Westbrook out of the paint and keep Adams off the glass and take care of it. But if you don't do those two things, uh, none of the other stuff really matters. Uh, he's playing really well. Uh, when Dennis is making threes like he's made them as of late, uh, he becomes even that much harder to guard. Uh, and when you know you have a starting backcourt of Dennis and Russell, uh, you have two unbelievable, quick, explosive guards in transition that put a ton of a ton of pressure on your defense. And then on the half court, guys that can get into the paint and uh, and finish for themselves or make plays for their teammates. So uh, just the athleticism that they have, the quickness that they have, uh, and you got to give Dennis a lot of credit. He's playing at a high level for them. Michael, they, they dropped off really dramatically defensively without Robertson last year, and I wonder what you see, you know, they're one of the top defenses in the league this year, what you see without him this year, what's different? Um, you know, I, I love the uh, athleticism, the versatility, the length that they have. Um, somebody said earlier, I think they play extremely hard. Um, you know, people are always asking us, you know, why, why the improvement on the defense? What are you doing differently? And we're not doing anything differently, we're just doing it harder. And uh, we're giving greater multiple effort. And uh, that's what I see with them. They're a team that uh, competes at a high level, and for them to play the way they did when Russell was out, speak to other guys stepping up in uh, in his absence. But uh, length, athleticism, versatility, and effort uh, will allow you to be a pretty good defensive team. And then Billy and his staff, you know, do the rest of the work in terms of putting the game plan in and making sure those guys adhere to that game plan. So did Denver check all the boxes? Uh, no, they actually turned the ball over 14 times in that game. Thunder only turned it over 10. Rebounds were dead even at 54, uh, but Denver did outscore them in the paint. It really, it came down to the Thunder missing a boatload of shots. Uh, Thunder just 35% from the field and 23% from three. Not like Denver shot all that great either. I mean, it was a game about teams who were both tired. I mean, that's what it was. And the team who was a little less tired, which interestingly enough, was the team that had to travel, ended up winning the game. Looking at the NBA standings real quick, um, let's just point out to everyone right now that the Los Angeles Clippers are tied with the Golden State Warriors for first place in the Western Conference in the NBA. Just I, let that sink in. The Clips are tied for first. Now, how long is that going to last? Well, maybe until Christmas because that's when Boogie Cousins is set to come back for the Golden State Warriors. He wanted to come back a couple of weeks earlier, but the Warriors are going to keep him out. And then we've seen the Warriors when they're at full strength and we know that they're just, they're hell to stop. But right now, your top three teams in the West, LA, GSW, or LAC, GSW, and the Denver Nuggets with the Thunder and Memphis right out four and five. So just like, just, I, ah, things we thought we wouldn't say this year. First place, Los Angeles Clippers. And we won't be saying it for that much longer. But DeMarcus Cousins is on his way back. And even though the Thunder House GSW already this year, 
that second go around is obviously stacking up to be a hell of a lot tougher. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I'm Eric G. I want to thank you for joining us today. We'll be back tomorrow podcasting a little bit earlier. We'll do it from the G Family Performance Centers. We start to get you ready for the Thunder and the Cavs. And until tomorrow, may God bless you and your family and peace, love, and thunder up. You are Locked on Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.